Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Lopez wants it away. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Hello, Mets fans. Welcome back to Believe in the Mets right here in the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Durst. And the Mets, we know the season's over as far as playoff contention here, but there's a few things to be excited about. The team's playing hard for the most part. Kodai Senga has been sensational. I think he should get Cy Young votes. He'd be my vote for Rookie of the Year. He continues to dominate. Pitched seven innings the other night, gave one run, and he said that was not good enough because they gave a run. So very excited for him. He's going to be the ace moving forward. Talked about in the last few episodes, maybe they get Yamamoto to pair him with Sang on the top of the rotation. I think they should go for Blake Snell as well. If you can get two out of the three top site, the top site on guys from 2023, top ARI guys in 2023, under 2024 staff, that would be huge. I know he's going to take a lot of money, but... Listen, Steve Cohen, he's got the money. He could do it. I know they said they're going to back off on spending here, but you never know when Steve Cohen might get that itch to spend. He tried to do it last year with Carlos Correa. So we'll see if the price is right. It goes to Steve Cohen. And if you're a player on the market, a top-tier player, the first thing you should be saying in free agency is, hey, agent. Call Steve Cohen, call Billy Althor, call David Stearns if he's going to be the executive president of baseball operations because you want to get that big deal contract, you want to get the Mets involved. So we'll see how that all plays out moving forward here. Joining me now to help me break everything down in the Mets world is the host and founder of the Subway to Show podcast, Anthony Rivera. Anthony, welcome. How you doing, man? Nick, what's up, my friend? Uh, I don't know if you saw, but I was uh, bobbing up and down, dancing to the background of your intro, man. That was awesome. I love that. Some fire stuff, that intro there. Amazing voiceover work at the end of it, for sure. So let's get right into the top story here in Mets world. Something happened that I never thought was going to happen this season, and that is Ronnie Mauricio. He made his debut, and it was electric. Unfortunately, it was on Apple TV on Friday night, and I didn't get to see it because I was not paying for that. Maybe if they were good, but even last year, I didn't go for the Apple TV games. But he followed it up Saturday night with two hits in his first two at-bats. You were in the building. You are you have some season tickets. Your takeaway from Mauricio right here to start off his career over the weekend. 
So I, I didn't get to go to that game, but I was at the Saturday game yeah. and he still got more hits. Uh, <laughs> he has, has not stopped hitting. He got a couple of strikeouts, but so far so good at bat. He had his first career stolen base at the game I went, but that one at bat, his first at bat, 117 miles per hour. Now I'm not huge on the exit velocity and all that stuff. A hit's a hit, an out's an out. But, you know, considering that he's had the, what was it, the the number, like he he had the hardest hit ball all season for the Mets, that's that's got to say something. It says a lot to me, and I think, I don't remember, the last time I remember a prospect being so, like, underhyped, undervalued in the minor leagues and making a big debut, it's got to be Jacob DeGrom, because, remember, DeGrom, they saw this guy's going to be a reliever. Mauricio, for some reason, he was he was on my radar going to the last season, but going to this season, he was really, in last season, was not on the Mets radar. They didn't think he was going to be a top prospect. They thought maybe we could trade this guy. To me, Anthony, he looks like the best of all the prospects. Definitely, and it's two games. It's only a few games, but he's looked better than Beatty. He's looked better than Vientos, and he's done this now dating back to January in the Dominican Winter League with some veterans. The question's going to be, will he be able to hit that off-speed stuff once they get a buck on him? Right now, fastballs, he's smashing the ball. But, listen, I, I'm, I have high hopes for him. And I, I'm saying, I think if this guy's anything less than Jose Reyes, we got a problem here <laughs> with the Mets. We need to make some stars here. We got to do some of the fantastic stuff. So I'm excited to see what the future holds. What do you think about his debut so far, what he's doing, and what do you see the future for Brian Mauricio? Well, the future for him is if he can adjust to the major league pitching, right? He's gotten, he's done well the first two games. We've seen this with a lot of prospects before. The thing is, how will he be able to adjust? We've seen Francisco Alvarez, who's been able to adjust, but the game is a constant, you know, a constant set of adjustments. And now uh, Alvarez is struggling a little bit. Uh, we'll see if he'll be able to get out of his funk. But so far, so good. I liked what I've seen. I think what uh, Buck Showalter said during the press conference, uh, him looking more into his defense, I think that's a big. That's going to be a big storyline. Can Arani Mauricio play an adequate second base enough to you know be that position and not have to worry about that in the future? Because then you can move Jeff McNeil to left field. You really only have to worry about third base because we don't know whether Beatty's that guy. I don't think Vientos is that guy, and uh, maybe they'll go out in the offseason and get somebody. Are they going to give Beatty a chance there? Are they going to move Beatty to left field? I don't know. It's a, a lot of moving parts going on, but if we can get Ronnie solidified at second base along with his hitting, I think the Mets are in good shape, and he has the perfect partner to pair with in uh, Francisco Lindor, who played really good shortstop all season long. All right, so Anthony, Ronnie Mauricio here. i got to be a few options for 2024. Opening day, he's on the roster. Opening day, he's on another team's roster. Or opening day, he's in AAA on the Syracuse Mets. So what do you think is going to be the most likely outcome for him? I, I'm i going to say he's not going to be on the AAA roster. Uh, I, think that that's, I think that's done with. I think he's proved all he can there. I am 50-50 on whether he will be on this team second base or if he will be traded at some point. Um, right. I don't know how they really feel about him because he, like you mentioned earlier, he really has not been talked about a lot yeah. on the and major I, league I roster. I thought he was going to be so good 
they could have called him up in May when they needed him to save the season. And they yep. did. No, they, they didn't call him up. And I had a feeling that he would get that September call. You came on my show and we talked about when Ronnie Mauricio was going to come up. This was at the trade deadline. Was he going to come up after they decided to punt the season? I thought they would do it to probably sell tickets. If there was an injury, maybe he'd come up. None of that happened. And then once I saw none of that happening, I was like, he'll be a September call up. And here we are in September, September 1st, he's been called up and he's looked good so far. So we'll see what they do with him. How do you feel about Brett Beatty? He gets called back up for September, plays Friday night, bench Saturday night. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what they're doing. I know yeah. they're doing in there, but... To, to but it obviously worked out, like, though. It worked out because Mark Vientos came up, and uh, although he did injure himself, uh, he's supposed to come back and play Tuesday, but uh, he had a couple of hits. He had a home run. And uh, he got on base. He took a walk. So that's kind of what you want to see. If, if these guys aren't going to play really good defense, they're going to have to light it up at bat. And uh, Beatty has not been doing that at all. No, I will say we'll talk about 2024 in a moment here. But so far, Ronnie Mauricio is off to a good start. And I'm with you 50 50. He's traded 50 50 as a Met because they need starting pitching, right, Anthony? And what did Epler mm -hmm. say at the deadline? He said, we're not going to be spending like crazy in the offseason. So where are they going to get that pitching from? Is it going to be David Peterson, who's got a five-and-a-half ERA? Is it going to be Tyler McGill, who's got a five-and-a-half ERA in the rotation with Senga? Is, are you going to bring Carrasco, who you DFA'd, who's got a seven ERA? No, you need, you're going to need three pitchers at least, probably four. So if you're not signing anybody, you're trading people. And I've been saying this on the show for a while now, whether it's Maurice or somebody else. I really think the Brewers might move Corbett Burns this offseason. Remember last year, they had the nasty arbitration battle, and I think next year would be his last year under arbitration, or maybe the year after. So the Mets and Brewers, we already heard, Anthony, they were talking at the trade deadline. We talked about Alonzo. So I think Corbin Burns is going to be on the move. He's somebody I would like to see the Mets go after, if the price is right. For you, Anthony, of these Mets prospects, we'll take the new guys they got. We'll take the the ones that are at the majors right now. Is there anybody you would not trade out of the group? I, I'm not a prospect hugger. Uh, I really am not. Um, we've seen prospects in the past, like Lastings Millage, Fernando Martinez. The list goes on and on and on that they've you know held on to and have not become anything. So if they're going to trade it for someone, especially like a guy like Corbin Burns, I am not married to any of these prospects whatsoever. And and now, now that we've seen Vientos and Beatty, who were untouchable last year, now people want to trade them because they're not producing at the major mm -hmm. league level, right? And, and obviously the same thing is going to happen if Ronnie Mauricio has a bad couple of weeks. Right, they're gonna want to trade him, and I'm pretty sure the same thing would have happened with Francisco Alvarez. I'm pretty sure people are talking about it now. Why didn't we trade Francisco Alvarez at the trade deadline for Shohei? Yeah, uh, there are some people out there that are do that. One thing I do know uh, from Billy Epler, and this came out on a tweet uh, earlier on in the day uh, from Jim Duquette and Bob Bowden, who host a show on MLB Network Radio uh, on SiriusXM, and. Billy Epler was on there with them and told them that they're going to be in the starting pitching market uh, in the offseason. Whether that's trading or whether that's signing, that's to be determined. Now, a big thing about that, and especially since you're talking about Milwaukee, is what happens if David Stearns comes in here? 
David yeah. Stearns has a relationship with Corbin Burns, I'm pretty sure. So that plays a big factor into all this stuff. And, you know, you mentioned Snell, who's probably a big a part of that as well. Um, I was thinking about Eduardo Rodriguez, the lefty from Detroit. That's some guy that I would be interested in. Obviously, there's a lot of other starting pitchers. I, the, the starting pitching market is pretty uh, solid uh, this offseason. Uh, it, it's the oh. hitting that's going to take uh-huh. a, a deep dive. So... 2024, an election year. So I think Burns and Stearns, 2024, that's the way to go. <laughs> I like that. Burns and I Stearns, think, 2024. I think if, I, if you're the Mets, if you can, I think you go. Number one guy I'm targeting, Yamamoto from Japan. Absolutely. Get him. You got the ties there already. Had Dexter Henry on from New York Post. We were talking about, you know, maybe all these Japanese guys want to play together. So they have a little culture built in. So I'm targeting Yamamoto. I would still say to target Otani. Maybe he's not going to pitch, but if you can get him, maybe the price drops now. You need the, you need that you need somebody for the offense. But we'll talk about that in a second. So I would say you know Senga, you got to have him. Yamamoto, you want him. I would then say if you could trade for Corbin Burns, do that. That's looking like great rotation, right? Mm-hmm. And you know sign somebody else. Maybe Blake Snell really wants to be a man, right? So. That'd be a really solid rotation. And then you can get by with a David Peterson uh, or Tyler Miguel. You still got Quintana, who's been really good. So yes. that's a really solid rotation right there. So what do you, th- what do you think about that plan for pitching-wise? I know you mentioned Rodriguez, but you know, of those guys there, what do you think should be the, the top targets for the Mets for pitching? I think Yamamoto is a big target for the Mets, and we already seen Billy Epler has been able to – you know, work the Japanese market pretty well. Obviously, he signed Otani when he's with the Angels. He's signed Senga now. And going after Yamamoto, that would be another, you know, I guess, coup for the Mets. And I think Yamamoto uh, is considered a better pitcher uh, than Senga uh, was coming into coming into the league. So I, I wouldn't mind any of that. I need a guy that's going to eat innings. That's very yeah. important going into next season because that affects the bullpen as well. And I don't think the Mets are going to be able to reshape the entire pitching staff, which is really needed. Uh, and then the, the, you mentioned the guys earlier, the David Peterson. I think he's more meant for the bullpen. The only, you know, guy out of that group, of pitchers that you mentioned that that will make the rotation possibly for the Mets, and obviously Carlos Carrasco is gone after this season. It's probably Tyler McGill. This is a big audition for him for the rest of the season. He's pitched well over the last couple of starts. He's a guy that I think that could probably get you by as the fifth starter in this rotation. And then you you got the Mike Vasiles coming up in the world, the the Dom Hamels, uh, Ziggler's, all those guys well. that played Tidwell. All those guys are going to be coming up. They're probably about a year or two away. Uh, but if you can somehow move David Peterson to the bullpen, he could be a nice lefty to go along with uh, Brooks Raley. Uh, obviously, Drew Smith's going to be a part. I'm not a big fan of Drew Smith, but um, sign David uh, Edward Robertson. Diaz has come back. Sign David Robertson. Maybe sign David Robertson back. I, there, there, you got to move the, the rest of the bullpen a down. A lot of help mm-hmm. the bullpen needs. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, that's going to be key. But the pitching, there's some guys to target out there. You know, like I said, maybe not Corbin Burns, but we've seen Epler before trade for a guy going into his walk here with Chris Bassett. So I think they'll be active there in the market. And I asked you about the prospects you wouldn't trade. I'd personally be okay with trading anybody except Mauricio right now because I don't – whatever Mauricio does in a month here, I don't think it's enough to prove either way. So I want to hold on to him. Um, I would trade Acuna because he's really highly touted, so I'll get rid of him. I think I want to hold on to Drew Gilbert. I want to hold on to Clifford. I would trade Acuna. 
I would trade Beatty, I would trade Vientos, and I'd trade Alvarez because the Mets' top prospects and catcher, Kevin Parada. So I don't know. Maybe they, so everything you read about him is he'll come to the majors, he's going to hit 300. Maybe he won't hit, he'll hit the power, but you know, I'm only trading Alvarez if it's like we're getting like a legitimate MLB all stuff, right? So keep that in mind. But I'd be open to trading these guys because, like you said, my whole, if you can get a proven commodity, go for it. And 2024, I hope they go for it. We'll see. They told Max Scherz they're not going to be going for it. Offensively, with this roster, you're looking around here. You know, we're saying if Mauricio's in there, McNeil's going to play the outfield, or maybe they end up moving Mauricio to third, baby the outfield. Marte's going to be back. Nimmo's going to be back. Alonzo, we hope, is back. It'd be crazy to not have him back. Lindor's there. Alvarez is catching. Where are they going to – they need to improve this team offensively. This team is awful offensively, dating back to the playoffs last year. So where is this player coming from? Are they going to trade for somebody? Are they going to sign somebody? What do you? What kind of moves do you think you could see this, the Mets making offensively in the offseason? I haven't really checked in on the list of who is available on the offense because I've been so so focused on the pitching. But the Mets uh, definitely need a, an improvement at, at DH – um, if you're going to, you don't want to bring Vogel back again. And, and he's, I think he's signed for another year. I don't know, but there are people who love Daniel Vogel back. I don't see it. Uh, I, I, and I know everyone brings up the stat line. He's first in this and first in that, but you know, during big spots, he has not come through as much as we need he a, has we need lately. A, we need a DH who's going to hit at least 20 home runs and hit like 275. You watch now. He's gonna he's gonna end the season with about 18, 19 home runs, and people are gonna be like, "Hey, you know, <laughs> look at what Vogelback did now." But maybe DJ Stewart is the guy for that oh, spot. Look DJ at what he's Stewart. Done. He's keeping the party going right now on the ones yeah. and threes. Is this guy legit, Anthony? And if he is, where is he? Where is he? Where is he all this season? Why well, he's we had to stay in the minors for most of it because you know yeah. they. Kept with Daniel Vogelback. They kept with, you know, the the Danny Mendix of the world. And, and they had Tim McCastro come up earlier on in the season. So DJ Stewart was kind of, uh, you know, stuck in the minors. But besides DH, you know, the Mets need to make a decision. Are they going to allow either Brett Beatty or Mark Vientos to grow at third base? And get, you know, be able to grow with the, the woes they've had in offense and defense? Or, or are they going to get a major league caliber third baseman? And I know Chap, Chapman's available. I know he is available. Not saying that I want him, but the Mets really need to think about what they're going to do there. Are they going to allow themselves to watch these kids grow up the next year and see if they have anything in those two at third base? Or are they going to pivot? and signed a major league caliber third baseman because they were really close to doing that with Carlos Correa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have to keep in mind here that the Mets traded for four shortstops at the deadline. And none of them are going to play shortstops. So somebody's going to go to third. Someone's going to go to the second. Someone's going to go to the outfield. There's only so many spots. So eventually these prospects, Anthony, are going to be moved for pitching because there's no yep. pitching in the, depth, in the depth chart in the organization. Acuna... Let's see. Did they move him to outfield? Did he go to second? Did he go third? Did they trade him? That's going to be interesting to see because he's the most major league ready, they say. Maybe end of the year next year, he could be up. I don't know where he's going to play, though. DJ Stewart, though, he's been great so far. I really wouldn't surprise me if this guy is the DH going into next season. 
Yeah, no, and and I would not be upset about that either if he was a DH. Um, I'm wondering, like, if maybe Mark Vientos can get his bat going. Maybe you can have him and DJ Stewart going back and forth at DH. But I don't know. Now that I've heard that Vogelback kind of has another year, which I really thought he only had one year. If he does have he another, one, I thought he had the one year, one million dollar op, uh, option picked up for this year uh, arbitration. Maybe he's arbitration eligible again next year. I think that might be it. it that might be it. And if that's so, and he comes back, uh, <laughs> I don't know because you know, anytime I have a complaint about uh, Daniel Vogelback, there are fans that come out and and come out for support for him. So we'll we'll see what the Mets are going to do. Um, you know, Billy Epler, he's he, for me, he's kind of like a mystery with, with building this roster. You know, when they won 101 games and you thought at the trade deadline that they were a move or two, or two away, that this was the time that they were going to trade prospects, they didn't want to do it. This year, they completely sell, right? And, and they get rid of everybody and, and try to build the farm system. And that threw me off as well. So I really, it's a mystery of what this team is actually going to do moving forward. No clue what's going to happen. But what we do know is, We'll be here on this podcast, Anthony's podcast, to talk about what is happening moving forward here. Anthony, this has been great. Let everybody know where they can find you and your show. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Subway to Shay. Uh, I write for Rising Apple, uh, Rising Apple blo- at Rising Apple Blog. You can check them out as well. And uh, you can see me every so often. I've been on uh, New York Post, SNY, with uh, your guest from last week, Dexter Henry. So, uh Check me out. Uh, I'm everywhere. And the Subway to Shea podcast. Check out Anthony at City Field. He's got a few more dates. He's got to go to games this season. Yeah, I have a few more tortures to to take part in, especially when, uh, you know, Daniel Volgebeck tries to sec, uh, tries to stretch a single into a double and uh, in the ninth. So that was fun. All right, Anthony. Thank you very much, everybody. Make sure you're following Believe in the Mets on social media at B-L-E-A-V-I-N-T-H-E-M-E-T-S. Believe in the Mets. Instagram, Facebook, X, YouTube, everywhere. TikTok, we're all there. Make sure you follow us. We're getting some good stuff, good feedback from all your fans. And I, of course, am on Twitter, or X, as you call it, now these days, at Nick underscore Durst, on Instagram, at Nick's Food and Stuff. So that's going to do it here for this episode of Believe in the Mets. And until next time, everybody. Let's go Mets. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.